Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. In the previous episode, we met Brooke Cormier, who reminded us that there is always more to learn, the importance of experimentation, and the challenges of running a business as a creative. She also reminded us that failure is part of the process, and today's guest agrees. Here's a reminder of Brooke's thoughts on failure. So this was something that I was excited to try, but uh, unfortunately (laughs) my painting just turned out like crap and afterwards I just had to scrap it and I'm like, you know, going to try and push myself to get out there again in nature and try it again because I can't expect to be an expert the first time I try something like this. A fear of failure. Am I going to be as good? Am I going to be less good than my friend or my colleague? You know, and anything in sports and creative, I think it's just life in general. But I think we've sort of normalized success so deeply that people are actually terrified of making that, you know, choice or taking that chance because what if it goes wrong? Allow me to officially introduce you to today's guest, Inger Christine Steinsland. You know that really annoying person who always seems to see the glass half full? Hi, yes, (laughs) that's her. So Inger Christine Steinslin, born and bred in Norway, educated and trained in Britain. With a BA in illustration and a master's in creative advertising from Falmouth University, she has since been working for an employer branding and recruitment advertising agency in London. Here, she started as an intern before she was hired as a junior art director, and she has worked her way up to become head of art. She now leads a team of art directors, designers, and UX UI designers. In our conversation, Inger and I discuss the magic of happy accidents, visual simplicity, and having fun in your work. We chat about removing the toxic culture of fear and the possibilities of problem solving through design. I, I, I'll start by explaining my name because my name is Inga Christina Steinslam, but um, it's Norwegian. Not many people know how to pronounce it, but usually, you know, people just call me Inga or Inger in American accents. Um, I'm an advertising creative and art director, fairly new in the industry, I'd say. I've only been working like four years, but I feel like it's been a creative journey and lots of happy accidents in terms of where I started and where I ended up as well. Basically, what happened, I came over to to Britain to study and I did a bachelor's in illustration. Um, And before I knew it, I actually just jumped straight into my master's, which was in creative advertising. And the funny thing is, I was actually thinking that I wanted to do something different because that would give me a better creative foundation to stand on so I could pursue a career as an illustrator. And it was almost like this light bulb moment as soon as I started doing my master's because I realized, you know, this is what I'm meant to do. This makes so much more sense to me. Um, so it was one of those happy accidents and it was a very spontaneous choice going, you know, straight into a master's, but it was definitely one of the best choices I've ever made. And since then I've yeah, done a couple of internships 
um, and now work in advertising. So that is my, my journey and story in a nutshell. Wonderful. And I am absolutely in love with your work, uh, specifically the digital artwork that you post on your Instagram account. And where do you find the inspiration for your digital mashups that you create? So for example, for our listeners, um, for example, you have one image where you have butterfly wings made out of pencil shavings or a boxing glove that has this kind of color and texture of a strawberry with debossed words fruit punch. So there's all of these kind of mashups. Where do you get, how do you find inspiration for this, this artwork? Oh, very good question. I think it's one of those things that actually just come about, you know, thinking about wordplay. And um, a lot of this comes out in conversation with people or actually listen to podcasts and I, and I, and I click and I hear something and I'm actually thinking, you know what, that could be an idea. There's something in that. How can you, how can you visually portray something that makes you kind of stop and think? But I think in terms of just the visual style as well. And um, for me, being an art director, I love the sort of like visual simplicity as well. And just, yeah, I think it's actually just one of those things, you know, you find inspiration in everything around you. And especially as a visual communicator, I think it comes down to like, how would I portray this or communicate this as just a visual? Um, no support of copy, no support of any messaging or anything like that. And that becomes quite a an interesting creative exercise, I'd say. Um, and the inspiration is pretty much all around me in terms of like language. You know, I hear things like, uh, I guess for um, an example would be a word like dragonfly, because if you break that down, actually it's like a dragon and a fly, like visually, wouldn't that be quite interesting if you merge that together? But also if you have something that is visually, I guess, if you break down a visual shape, you can also then see how can you translate that into being looking like something else. Do you have a favorite that you've done so far? I think my favorite. Oh, that's a tough one as well. Um, I do like the perfect match one. I think that's quite sweet. Um, I actually just uh, created two sort of matches. And obviously you can see the top of the match. You have those two heads. So it's, it's like a love story. Um, but that, again, it was just something that sort of came about in, you know, conversation dialogue language and you know you hear people say it like oh who did you meet on tinder like how are you kind of going about your love life especially in the pandemic and and people talking about you know I want to find my perfect match and I was like oh okay well there's something in that you know so it's it's more like a a play time I'd say more than anything um yeah I don't really put a lot of pressure on myself and that's probably one of the reasons why um, I think a lot of my work comes across as being a bit more, I guess, joyful. Um, and obviously I'm playing with pastel color colors as well. So I want it to feel quite light. Um, I want people to scroll through their Instagram feed, you know, and actually think, oh, that's quite sweet or something that just makes people feel good more than anything. I think that's more my creative approach with my, my Instagram work these days. And what digital tools do you use to actually create this artwork? Do you have... Do you have a set of kind of a creative process from a technical standpoint or how do you go about actually uh, bringing these images to digital life? 
basically what happens yeah it's a three-step process where I like to just go through everything the sort of journey in my own head uh, before I put anything down on paper and that's always you know through pencil uh, just uh, sketches so I can try play and break it make it and then sort of like recreate it on paper in front of me because then by the time I put anything in you know InDesign or Photoshop I already know I have a really clear direction and vision in terms of what I want it to look like so I think it always helps to well, for me anyway, to kind of think about it for a bit, what do I want my visual to communicate before I actually go and execute it? So I do like Photoshop. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a lover of Photoshop. Um, and I think there's so much opportunity just with visuals. So I have, you know, a Shutterstock account and you pretty much find anything that you need there. And I think if you just play with it in the right way, you can mix and merge, you know, all these different ways of combining yeah, I guess A and B to to become something different in Photoshop. And do you have any go-to tools in Photoshop? Because we've got some, our listeners are fairly technically savvy. So they, they will understand some of the terminology in the Adobe suite. So do you have any specific go-to like tools, filters, what have you in Photoshop? Oh, that's a good question as well. I feel like it depends on the execution. It always depends on what you want to communicate because, um, it, yeah, it really depends on what you want to show with with the, you know, the advert that you're making or the designs. So sometimes it's not just one size, one edit fits all. But I think in terms of creating the stuff I do, it's about mastering, you know, the clipping mask, the masking tool, the pen tool. I wish somebody told me this when I was in uni and they could actually guide me in terms of like this. These are the brilliant basics that you need to know, because if you know that, including smart objects, then you're pretty much good to go. So I'm sure there are going to be other people who are much more techie than me. Like I said, I've got a background in illustration and I'm an advertising creator. So this is more just like a, a playground for me. But I think, yeah, if you learn the brilliant basics in Photoshop, you know, there's so much that you can do. And I think as long as you have fun with it as well, then obviously there's no limit to, to what you can't do. You've mentioned play a few times and I love the idea, the concept of serious play. What what kind of, how does, how do you incorporate play into your creative process or into your everyday or what role does play have in your art, whether professionally or personally? Oh, that's, I love that you've actually clocked that. It's like, it, it's 100% about play. And I think for me, it's always been about the fun aspect more than anything, because we all want to create amazing things as well. You're always going to have the end results. You know, you work so hard and it's going to look beautiful. But at the end of the day as well, I feel like the whole journey is the destination for me. Um, and I think that's what makes everything so beautiful, because if you don't enjoy the process, the thinking, the, the breaking and then remaking it, gluing it together, you know, pulling it apart and mixing it with something else. I think there's always an element of surprise or there should be an element of surprise in the creative brainstorming. I think that's what I enjoy the most, especially if I have a clear idea in my head of, you know, I have this idea. I think this is going to be awesome. I'm going to make this work. And then I try sketching it and it doesn't quite fit. I try to put it in Photoshop. And sometimes it is a very natural process. You know, it goes all the way through from A to B and it's really easy, but other times it is a bit more challenging. And I think it's actually in those situations where I feel like, you know, there's something more to overcome. And when you succeed and when you find something that actually works in terms of how can you visually communicate something better, 
you know that's when I get really excited and that's not just not, not just my own work I think it's also you know when I see other people's work other people's type and design you know adverts on tv branding like I genuinely feel so excited when I see you know great creative work out there I just can't hold it back it's just who I am so I'm a creative lover by nature I think <laughs> Me too. Me too. I think we're kindred spirits in that way, perhaps. <laughs> so I was also going to ask, as part of the process of play, and you mentioned that really for you, the journey is the destination. It's all about remixing and trying things. And what what's what are your thoughts on on failing? Do, do things just sometimes not work out and, and you kind of go, okay, move on to the next one? Or what does that process of of not creating something beautiful or Instagram worthy, what does that look like? Oh, that is a very good question, because I feel like there's almost two sides to my creativity as well, because I, I, I have the creative, well, I have the creative side of myself that I put in, you know, a work context. There's always this process in terms of who you're working with, especially in an ad agency. Um, there's this uh, process of, you know, the objective, the challenge, then how are you going to solve that and how are you going to bring it to life? But then when it comes to your own creative work, I don't need to follow those rules. I don't need to do anything by anyone's rules, which is quite refreshing because it takes me back into that sort of uni state of mind as well. Um, at least in my uni, you kind of write your own brief. You can do what you want to. And it's just about celebrating creativity more than anything. So I feel like you don't have to follow the process in the same way you would do maybe in a work context. And for me, that becomes quite refreshing it's almost like you're sort of renewing yourself again and again. I think everybody wants to, you know, create amazing things and show that, you know, this is the best piece of work I've done. And then you do the next one. That's the best piece of work I've done. And then you're always going to think about what's next. And I think the reality is that's not always going to happen. Um, I don't mind showing, you know, what doesn't work because I feel like it's important to show that, you know, it's part of the process as well. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but then those times when you actually learn from and you can take that on board to improve the next execution or the next idea, that's how you become really great at what you do. But I think as an industry, you know, some of us hear these awful sayings like you're only as good as your previous idea or your previous design, or I think it's absolutely awful because then are you not creating a fear culture, a toxic, you know, environments for people to be scared of failing because if you think about it in order to succeed failing and playing exploring you know make it break it to recreate it like I said before it's so important to be free um, I think that's probably the key word um, I'd use to describe it it's about how can you unlock yourself because that's when the magic's going to happen. If you are scared of making mistakes or creating something that may not be the perfect thing, I think that's going to hold you back. And I think it's a, it's a shame we don't celebrate failures more often. I'd love to see people making mistakes and sharing it on the social, social media, but maybe, maybe this is my cue. Maybe this is uh, where I start, you know, showing off what goes wrong behind the scenes. <laughs> and I love that you, you've mentioned that, that kind of, yeah, that toxic 
environment that can build when we think that we're only as good as our last piece of work or we have to keep outdoing ourselves in order to have a place in and kind of hold our position as it were whatever what in that imaginary hierarchy uh in in this world of creativity and I think I see that in education uh to a certain extent as well that we tell students that it's okay to fail and it's okay to try but you're only as good as your last grade so Mm. we still have to grade you (laughs) so yeah there's something something there there's something wrong with the system perhaps that uh yeah fostering a more an environment or, or building a space where it's okay to fail yeah it's probably one of those bigger questions I just think you know if you if you want to do well in anything like obviously there's always going to be um, a fear of failure am I going to be as good am I going to be less good than my friend or my colleague you know in anything in sports and creative I think it's just life in general but I think we've sort of normalized success so deeply that people are actually terrified of making that you know choice or taking that chance because what if it goes wrong but then again what if it goes right and I think yeah I think it definitely sits with us I think it's our responsibility more than anything actually to show that you know I make mistakes and it's fine like I'll get it wrong it's a blip but it's just take it on board it's a lesson it's a learning um the road to success is never linear it's always going to go up and down around back up back down and it's it's a mess sometimes but it's part of the journey like I said and as long as you're in it for for the right reasons I think that's why I keep telling myself it needs to be fun it needs to be joyful it needs to be playful if I can't achieve that through my own creative process then Uh, For me, anyway, I'd feel like, what is the point? Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Now, I have a question for you in regards to your illustrative work. So we've kind of focused a little bit on the digital side, but you are also, as you've alluded to, more traditionally a uh, an illustrative artist, and I think a painter as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, a little bit. So what are your favorite materials to work with? What do you like to kind of get your hands dirty with? And and what do you like to create outside of the world of digital art? Oh, I think I love a good pencil. That's always going to be my go-to tool. Even in advertising, you know, they say play with like a pen. Um, but for me, there's something quite familiar with a pencil not because you can erase anything I think it's just a tool it's a bit softer it doesn't feel as harsh and you can add more details to it um so for me I've always kind of deviated back to my pencil um and I like to mix media as well so I like to get quite detailed with you know with you know my drawings um and then add some contrast with some mark making some I guess rough sort of brush strokes and and paint splashes in a way so I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a painter but it's just something interesting when you mix different media and you can create more contrast to add a bit of drama to the work. But I think also, um, like I said, I did a bachelor's in illustration where I very much focused on, you know, the visual, I guess, expression or visual style of what my illustration could be. Um, And I think the one thing I kind of left out or was missing after I finished my bachelor's was the sort of communication aspects what is it that my illustration is trying to communicate what is it that I'm trying to say and that was probably why the penny dropped when I did my master's because that was when I realized this is where I'm communicating something and especially in the ad world as well you know the clients that you work with the briefs that you get is so 
refreshing to see that you know your work can actually make that difference but I'm not gonna lie I do love to pick up a pencil every now and then and just draw for myself um but I do share less of that on my Instagram just because it is more a visual style led rather than you know visual communication it's not really telling a story it's just something I do for my I guess mental health I'm sure you can relate to that as well you do creativity well you do some you do creative work outside of work just because it makes you feel good and that goes back into that joy and fun feeling as well that's what this podcast is for me (laughs) (laughs) it's it's my it's my safe little space where I can meet cool people and I can explore ideas that are interesting to me and I can interweave it into my work but nothing in my work depends on it so yeah I I totally get it (laughs) now what about the the realm of creativity and excites you and kind of gets makes you want to get out of bed in the morning what about creativity really gets you going again these questions are really good by the way I love these I think when it comes to creativity as well it's people have this perception that creativity is just you know the written word it's the visual sort of language it's about colors it's about typography and it is but I think there's also this huge space where people need to be invited in you know it's about innovation and problem solving and and creative people are all over the world they don't just have to be people are good at drawing and I think that is probably the key aspect of what it means but I think from my own personal perspective I feel like I get excited about creativity if I am communicating something with what I'm trying to say so for me the visual execution or the visual style doesn't really matter as much as long as I'm saying something and I think I've done a couple of posts um, or creative work where I, I address really I guess hard things as well like sexual assault and that sort of thing but it's just if you can put it into a format and you can communicate it there's so many different ways you can express that feeling and and it doesn't have to be you know done in a horrible painful way but it's just about creating awareness and I I 100% believe that if you have something to say that's what matters and I think that's what art design advertising any 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 one of us who are creative we have that gift of communicating something that probably goes a little bit deeper things that are hard things that are difficult but you know it's a medium to to get those feelings across in a in a very respectful way humans are complex aren't they <laughs> yeah <laughs> so complex <laughs> but but I know I I absolutely applaud you and I I love that you are using your your illustrative gift and using your eye for for design and eye for uh, for communication, uh, really uh, to to kind of help others say what they need to say through through your work in advertising. Now I'm really curious, what does the future look like for Inger Creative in a perfect world without any constraints? What would your ideal world look like in ten years time? Oh, I, like I said, I think I'm, I've only just started, you know, I've been working for four years. Um, I, I, I keep joking about this, but I still say like, I don't know what I'll be when I grow up. And I think I still feel like it's there's some truth in it as well, because I'm on this journey where I'm still discovering myself. I'm learning new things. So I'm not going to lock myself into this one thing and say that's me for the rest of my life. I feel like there's so much to be discovered 
um, especially in the space of creativity as well. Um, but when it comes to Inga Creative, that was something that was, <laughs> excuse the pun, created um, in lockdown because, you know, everything was kind of changing all around us. It was really difficult to, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, with everything that was happening. And I think I just needed an outlet. I needed something that could kind of ground me. And obviously I had my creative job, but it was, it was a safe space for me to, to dial up something else I had inside of me, a sense of belonging to myself. I'm not even sure if that makes any sense, but for me, it was just always about, yeah, feeling good, doing something that I enjoy doing. And then I just decided to start sharing it on my social media. So hopefully I can see myself, you know, continuing being a creative in the future, maybe doing more illustration, um, hopefully have my own agency. But like I said, I, I think this is what makes everything so exciting because it's it's a journey of discovery more than anything. So I might change my mind, but who knows? <laughs> I was going to say that my 66-year-old mother says it all the time. I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. So, Oh, I love that. So I guess <laughs> really need that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So thank you so much for sharing your insights and sharing everything that you uh, that you create with us. Uh, in, in the world and, and sharing it on Instagram because it is beautiful and stunning and such creative work and such such like just beautiful examples of the magic of Photoshop and the magic of creativity. And when you kind of add two plus two, you get like 200 or something. It's just this, this magical thing that happens. So thank you. No, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Among many insights gained... Inga reminds us that all the good bits happen on the way to the destination. In the next episode, we meet Amelia, an art therapist, who shares Inga's feelings about what it means to enjoy the process of making art. I feel like the whole journey is the destination for me. Get to a place where you can just enjoy the process of making as opposed to being so attached to a finished product. Stay tuned.